Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the Adams Family in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. We're going to jump back. Um, almost over a month uh, to when The Addams Family, the animated film, came out and uh, do a statistics episode on that because there were a handful of people involved in it and I gotta make up some time. (laughs) I gotta catch up and and get back to being current. So we're gonna go with The Addams Family today. It is a 2019 film. I saw it October 14th, 2019. It is one hour and 24 minutes long. Uh, sans credits. I gave the film a 38. And yeah, I, uh, like most of the Adams Family media, Wednesday is my favorite part. Uh, I think she's a lot of fun. I think the just, I think there's so much they can do with that character. And this film shows off some of that. But a lot of the rest of it was just. I don't know, it didn't work, it didn't fit the same, uh, I guess the sort of magic that the original, or the the prior live action films had, and uh, I don't know, uh, it's, it does, it seems like a, a franchise that lends itself very, very well to being animated, and yet, I don't know, they didn't, they didn't really knock it out of the park, and I mean, I barely hit a single, to be honest, so... Yeah, 38. It's got a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. My brief summary. Wednesday's new friend is the daughter of a home makeover reality host that wants to remove the Adams house from existence. So, in short, the Adams family lives up on this spooky hill. This giant garish house. And down in the valley below is a swamp when they move in. Skip ahead a little bit. And now, uh, this new reality makeover host uh, comes in, drains the swamp, builds a brand new uh, development where it used to be, and it clears away all this fog and, and muck and, uh, and whatnot. And then up on the hill, they can see the house that the Adams family lives in. And so it kind of... Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty garish-looking thing on the, you know, you can see it from anywhere you anywhere in the development. And her plan is to somehow get rid of that, and and remove it from the backdrop of her development. That is the premise, and and is a pretty flimsy one, if I do say so myself. The Adams Family is currently ranked 126th. Uh, out of all the films that I've seen in 2019, and 5,714th out of all the films I've seen overall. 126th from 2019, and 5,714th overall. Not on the IMDb Top 250, it is a three on the Bechtel test, though. Wednesday and and her new friend uh, have plenty of conversations. Wednesday and her mother have conversations. The the villain of the film is a female. A lot of... uh, female-to-female conversations about non-male characters. Or about non-male... that aren't about male characters. It's a PG movie. Just like that. Genres. 
it is animated currently ranks 953rd out of all animated films it is a comedy currently ranks 2230th out of those it is a fantasy film ranking 599th and it is a horror film ranking 327th out of those it does not as far as i'm con- uh, i'm aware uh, c- count as a film in the adams family franchise uh it's as far as i'm aware a reboot slash remake of the franchise not within the same canon so it is not within a film series so uh that's the adams family highlights uh let's move on to directors so adams family and of course the films are named the same so that's going to be great for the search function uh the director directors multiple directors i'm not sure yes multiple directors uh one of them is conrad vernon this is the fifth film of his that i've seen uh it drops his average film rating to a 70 it is his only film rated between 25 and 49 and his worst movie overall coming in behind monsters versus aliens it drops his value to a 3.5 his score to a 53.5 to be ranked 151st overall so still pretty high uh conrad vernon also director of uh shrek 2 sausage party madagascar 3 uh, probably others as well and uh, he is one spot behind adam mckay and one spot ahead of ang lee the other director on the film is uh, greg tiernan this is the second film of his that i've seen it drops his average film rating to a 58.5 it's his only film rated between 25 and 49 and worst movie overall coming in behind sausage party he has a value of zero a score of 29.25 to be ranked 920th overall one spot behind david Hare and one spot ahead of stuart rosenberg the direction uh you know it's it's a tough thing to qualify the direction in an animated film however i will say uh you know the 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 style of the animation you know it, it looks like hotel transylvania series like madagascar it's that blockier cgi 3d animation style that i really don't particularly like i think it's it's a far cry from pixar i think the the best it's ever it's ever done been done is the how to train your dragon series uh and that's not as blatantly obvious as some of these other movies uh but yeah pixar's animation Disney's animation, I think those are just great superior, and I think that in and of itself holds it back, but granted, you're working within a studio, and, and you're working with animation, with an animation studio that probably has its thing, and, and probably can't really, you know, you're not, they're not working with Pixar's animators, they're not working with Disney's animators, so that's not really an option, uh, so I can't fault it too much on that, as much as I don't like it, um, but I, I think... Just the the imagination, the Adams family. There's so much the, the the imagination available for this franchise and for these characters should be off the charts. And these guys just I don't think had that. You know, there's a lot of interesting and and cute elements in this film, uh, little side stories and and visual elements that could really be fascinating and they're just there i i think it, it just it, that's i think the worst 
thing about it is it feels like it's just there. It feels like a film that is like, okay, well, we got to pay homage to the Adams family. We're, you know, it's a franchise. We can make money off of this, yada, yada, yada. Uh, what can we do about that? Um, well, you got to have a, a tree that, you know, Whomping Willow style, you know, is able to do things and, and follows Wednesday's commands and this and that and the other. And it just, you know, it doesn't, there's nothing about the, that tree itself could be amazing. It, it could be visceral and, and, troubling and problematic and and just terrifying so many different ways you can art you can characterize this tree and it just it's none of them it's just there it is window dressing and i think there's so many elements of the movie that are just like that and it's quite frustrating so um yeah that is unfortunately the situation uh from a writing standpoint from a writing standpoint, we've got Pamela Petler. This is the third film of hers that I've seen. It drops for average film rating to a 70.33. Uh, that's actually mildly incorrect. Um, it looks like she should be slightly lower than that. At the very least. This is what happens when you take a break for so long. She's actually got four film credits to her name. So let's update that score just a little bit and see how that changes things. So, all right, we still start with Pamela Petler. This is her fourth film credit that I've seen, dropping her average filming to a 62.25. It is her second film, rated between 25 and 49, and worst movie overall, coming in behind Monster House. She has a value of 1, a score of 42.5 to be ranked 573rd overall, one spot behind Riley Stearns, and one spot ahead of Kenneth Anger. Yeah, uh, I believe there are other writers before we talk about the writing more specifically. Conrad Vernon, one of the directors, also a writer on the film. This is the third film of his I've seen as a writer. It drops his average film rating to a 59.67. It's his only film rated between 25 and 49 and third best movie overall coming in behind mutant pumpkins from outer space he has a value of 0.5 a score of 36.3 to be ranked 938th overall one spot behind a bunch of people including ava duvernay and one spot ahead of a bunch of other people including daniel taradash oscar winning writer from for from here to eternity uh, you also have Erica Rivenoya. Rivenoya? Rivenoya? Uh, this is the fourth film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average film to a 50 even. It's her second film, rated between 25 and 49. And third, best movie overall, coming in behind Trolls and ahead of Girls Trip. She has a value of negative 1.5, a score of 31.83, to be ranked 1,440th overall. One spot behind John W. Dunn and one spot ahead of Matthew O'Callaghan. And we also have Matt Lieberman. This is the th only film of his I've seen. Average rating of 38. One film. Rated between 25 and 49. A value of negative 1. A score of 11.67 to be ranked 6,250th overall. Tied with a bunch of other people. One spot behind Adam Sandler as a writer. One spot ahead of Ed Naha, uh, who wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. 
And that's it. Those are the writers on the film. Uh, the writing, again, another instance. This is a franchise. This is a film. This is a, a story. These are characters who have a lot of potential. You can do almost anything you want with them. And the writers, uh, the problem is, one, it's a kid's movie. And not only is it, you know, the f previous films, the live action films are family movies, live action. These are animated kids movies. So things are toned down a bit, uh, comparatively speaking. And you end up with uh, a very neutered, a version of this family and and not that they can't be fun and exciting and and, and interesting as a animated kids movie they absolutely can but again it, it felt like so many other you know cash grabby animated kids movies nut job and uh minions and all that it's, it's it appeals to the lowest common denominator nine times out of ten and you know whether that's just Jokes we've seen a hundred times based on social media and phones and uh, or, or you know, ri ridiculously stupid premises, uh, you know, the, just the, the very premise of the film itself and, and the, the home makeover reality show thing, it, you know, it's, it's an interesting angle, but you know the film again doesn't do anything with it they kind of just say that's the plot and we're just gonna do that and half of the characters don't really even care about that storyline uh, they have their own things going on and the storylines don't really they try to do one of those you know all the little different side plots tie up together at the end and it doesn't didn't work for me i think it's it's felt silly it felt um underwhelming ultimately so again outside of wednesday so much of this is average to below average let's get on to the actors or in this case voice performers uh first up we have the villain herself and let me pull up the imdb so i can get character names here uh da, 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 da. Okay, so we're going to start with Allison Janney. She is the voice of Margot Needler. Again, is the villain. Uh, this is the 41st film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average film rating to a 60.07. It is her 10th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 33rd film overall, coming in behind Six Days, Seven Nights, and ahead of Touchy Feely. She has a value of 9, a score of 66.28, to be ranked 143rd overall, one spot behind Porter Hall, one spot ahead of Peter Mayhew. Janney's a great casting decision for this film. Uh, she absolutely gives Margot the uh, eccentric angle that she needs, but I, I think the character of Margot is very one-dimensional and i don't know that that's really janice jenny's fault but it is an issue next is katherine o'hara uh, this is the 19th film credit of hers i've seen it drops her average for me into a 61.47 it's her sixth film rated between 25 and 49 and worst movie 
overall. Coming in behind Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, she has a value of 5, a score of 60.62 to be ranked 359th overall. One spot behind Jeremy Davies, one spot ahead of Peter Falk. Catherine O'Hara is the voice of Grandma Frump, one of the many Adams family relatives. And there's not much more to say about her. Next is Conrad Vernon, director, writer, voice actor. Uh, he is the this is the 19th film credit of his I've seen as a voice actor slash actor. He it drops his average film rating to a 56.74. It is his fifth film rated between 25 and 49, and 14th best movie overall, coming in behind Far Far Away Idol and ahead of Shrek Forever After. He has a value of 0.5, a score of 51.83, to be ranked 1,024th overall. One spot behind Richard Jenkins, and one spot ahead of Leah Salonga. Conrad Verdon is doing a, uh, doing a lot. He plays the voice of Lurch, he is the voice of the priest, spirit of the house, and Dr. Flambe. So not only is he voicing all these characters, and write, you know, he's writing it, he's directing it, I can't fault the guy on his <laughs> clearly on on his 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 work ethic. He was very much involved from bottom to top in this movie, and and I don't think that's. But you know, maybe that's uh, pulling him a little too many directions. Maybe. Next up is Oscar Isaac. This is the 29th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 53.24. It is his ninth film rated between 25 and 49 and 20th best movie overall, coming in behind Lightning Face and ahead of Robin Hood. He has a value of negative 2.5, a score of 47.31, to be ranked 1,522nd overall. Uh, one spot behind Roddy Piper, and one spot ahead of Barbara O'Neill. And question, I, I remember asking myself this before, but he wasn't in Robin Hood. So what is that movie supposed to be? Uh, it's another film with a 38 and maybe it's nope operation finale is also in there uh dun, dun, dun. suburbicon is already in there sucker punch i'm not sure won't back down i'm even supposed to have 29 films for oscar isaac i remember i i Unless the other possibility, no, 29 credits. Um, we're going to figure this out. Let's see. Sort it by my average rating. No, no, not my average rating. Uh, so we got, no, this says Robin Hood. He's just not listed on, on in it on, oh, different Robin Hood. Oh, okay, I'm thinking of, not 2018 Robin Hood, 2010 Robin Hood. Okay, then we're fine. No harm, no foul. Uh, cool. So Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I, I just I'm. Um, is the new one called Adventures of Rai? Whatever. Oscar Isaac is the voice of Gomez, big character, uh, big name, big Oscar Isaac. Uh, but Gomez is kind. This is a Wednesday movie. This is absolutely a Wednesday movie. 
Gomez is very much on the sidelines. I mean, I don't hate that because I think Wednesday is great, but it sucks because I wish, you know, Gomez and Morticia, Uncle Fester, all these other characters, they have so much potential and, again, squandered. Squandered, squandered, squandered. Next up is Palm Clementiev. This is the eighth film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average filming to a 55.75. It's her third film, rated between 25 and 49, and seventh best movie overall, coming in behind Newness and ahead of Old Boy. She has a value of zero, a score of 44.6, to be ranked 1,871st overall, one spot behind Julia Garner, one spot ahead of J.J. Abrams. Palm Klementioff is the voice of Layla and Kayla. She is a supporting character, and if uh, barely even that, I guess she's more of like a background character in the film. Uh, her breakout will come. That it will come. Next is Chloe Grace Moretz. This is the 28th film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average filming to a 49.79. It's her 10th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 15th best film overall, coming in behind her narration for Girl Rising and ahead of Greta film from earlier this year. She has a value of negative 7, a score of 39.47 to be ranked 2,567th overall, one spot behind uh, Mark Addy, and one spot ahead of Bobby Cannavale. Moretz is the voice of Wednesday. She is part of the lifeblood of this movie. I think Moretz does a great job animating, and or not animating, but, but breathing life into Wednesday in the film. I'm I don't know if there's a better option for, for a Wednesday voice uh, than Chloe Grace Moretz, and she does a great job with it. That's it. She does a great job. Next up is Charlize Theron. This is Theron? Char Ther Theron? Theron? Theron. This is the 30th film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average from to a 49.6. It is her 10th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 21st best movie overall, coming in behind Mighty Joe Young and ahead of Prometheus. She has a value of negative eight, a score of 38.5 to be ranked 2,679th overall, one spot behind Abraham Ben Ruby, and one spot ahead of John DiMaggio. Uh, she is the voice of Morticia. Again, similar to Oscar Isaac, a great character with a great voice behind her, and yet, squandered. Morticia is such an interesting person, and the movie does even, uh, perhaps, you know, there's a, the movie tries to create this, this mother-daughter uh, relationship between Morticia and Wednesday, and, and every once in a while it works out, but that's really all they give to Morticia's character, and I think that's underservicing her, and she's worth more than that. Next is Snoop Dogg. This is the 14th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film range to a 47.79. It's his fourth film, rated between 25 and 49, and 11th best movie overall, coming in behind Turbo and ahead of Malibu's Most Wanted. He has a value of negative 3.5, a score of 38.31, to be ranked 2,711th overall, one spot behind John Hurd, and one spot ahead of Constance Wu. Snoop Dogg is the voice of It. He has like one and a half scenes. Moving on. Next is Elsie Fisher. 
star of Eighth Grade. This is the seventh film of hers I've seen. It drops her average from to a 50.14. It's her third film, rated between 25 and 49, and fifth best movie overall. Coming in behind Let's Dance and ahead of Training Wheels. She has a value of negative two and a score of 37 to be ranked 2,865th overall. One spot behind Rosario Dawson and one spot ahead of Martin Kleba. Martin Kleba. Elsie Fisher is the voice of Chloe Grace Moretz as Wednesday's friend. And that is the voice of Parker Needler, presumably. Um, yeah. She's good. I mean, she's fine. She does... There's nothing much to talk about with Parker. Not much. Nope. So, moving on. Uh, Next up is Harland Williams. This is the 12th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 45.75. It's his 7th film rated between 25 and 49 and 8th best movie overall. Coming in behind Sorority Boys and ahead of There's Something About Mary. His value of negative 5, a score of 34.21 to be ranked 3,250th overall. One spot behind Maurice LaMarche, and one spot ahead of Sophia Lillis. Sophia Lillis. Harland Williams is the voice of Norman Pickering slash Gagari. There's two Gs, Gagari. And uh, again, he is a background character. Moving on. Next is Amy Garcia. This is the sixth film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average from to a 48.67. It is her... Fourth film, rated between 25 and 49, and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind Cadet Kelly and ahead of A Lot Like Love. She has a value of negative 2.5, a score of 34 even, and a rank of 3,273rd overall. One spot behind Peter Jacobson and one spot ahead of Val Kilmer. Amy Garcia is the voice of Denise, who, judging by the position for her on the cast list, is a background character. That gets one, maybe two or three lines. Next is Martin Short. This is the 22nd film of his I've seen. It drops his average from to a 44.64. It is his third film, rated between 25 and 49, and 13th best movie overall. Coming in behind the Spiderwick Chronicles and ahead of Hoodwinked 2, Hood vs. Evil. He has a value of negative 9, a score of 31.92 to be ranked 3,525th overall, one spot behind Heidi Klum, and one spot ahead of John Bluthaw. Bluthaw. Don't recognize that name, but he's been in the fifth element. Uh, Martin Short is the voice of Grandpa Frump, alongside Catherine O'Hara. So, not much to speak about. Next up is Nick Kroll. This is the 18th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average from to a 44.94. It's his 7th film rated between 25 and 49 and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind My Blind Brother and ahead of The House. He has a value of negative 9, a score of 31.45 to be ranked 3,573rd overall. One spot behind Michael Sheen and one spot ahead of Michael Lerner. Nick Kroll is the voice of Uncle Fester. Uh, so back to a, a major, a more of a main character. Uh, Uncle Fester, he doesn't, I, I liked it when it was, um, uh, all I can think of is 
Lloyd. But I can't only think of Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Uncle Fester, when it was Christopher Lloyd, is fun, comic relief, not really much more beyond that. Uh, Family Values kind of incorporates him a little bit more. But uh, this kind of reverts back. He's just kind of there. He's just a, a strange guy who's there. Again, a waste, as far as I'm concerned. Next is Jennifer Lewis. This is the 13th film credit of hers I've seen. It drops her average film rate to a 42.54. It is her sixth film rated between 25 and 49 and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind Sister Act and ahead of The Wedding Ringer. She has a value of negative 8, a score of 28.87 to be ranked 3,823rd overall. One spot behind Frankie Shaw and one spot ahead of Carolyn Davernis. She has a the voice. She is the voice of Great Auntie Saloon. Yep. Uh, okay, moving on. We've got Bet Midler. Bet Midler is in this. She this is her tenth film credit, dropping her average film rating to a oh sorry, increasing her average film rating to a thirty four point three. This is her fourth film credit between twenty five and forty nine, and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind Hocus Pocus and ahead of Big Business. She has a value of negative nine, a score of nineteen point five eight, to be ranked four thousand five hundred fifty fourth overall. One spot behind Megalyn Ekikumoke. And one spot ahead of Olivia Newton-John. Bette Midler is the voice of Grandma. Grandma. I, be honest, I, I do not remember. Grandma. Uh, Grandma Frump, sure. Grandma, I do not remember unless it's... Actually, I do. Actually, I, I, I might. Sort of coming back to me. Um, she is the stern woman. I believe she is Gomez's mother. And, uh, she presides over Pugsley's something or other. She's the one presiding over Pugsley's coming-of-age ceremony. Uh, yeah, she's fine. Fine. Um, I feel like I missed somebody. Oh, because I spelled family wrong in this person's list of films. Um, uh, they're pretty close. Uh, so, next, finally, we have, I believe, finally, uh, Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. This is the fifth film credit of his I've seen. It dro- It in- increases his average film rating to a 37 even. It is his second film rated between 25 and 49 and second best movie overall. Coming in behind It and ahead of It Chapter 2. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 21.43, to be ranked 4,448th overall. One spot behind um, Courtney Cox, and one spot ahead of Charles Dance. Finn Wolfhard is the voice of Pugsley. That's the character we were forgetting. And uh, he's fine. I don't think his voice fit Pugsley that well, to be honest. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, that is where we were at, as far as casting is concerned and he does an okay job you know he's a good voice actor for what it's worth i just think a better option there was probably a better option i don't know what that is can't offer any op- uh, alternatives but that's that's where we're at 
So those are the performers. Those are the voice actors in Adam's Family. Um, it currently has no Oscar nominations. I guess it's a fringe, very, very, very fringe contender for Best Animated Feature this year, uh, as anything is that is released to the masses, unfortunately. Uh, it has no place in the Circle of Film Awards, unfortunately. Well, I guess not unfortunately, but matter-of-factly. Moving on. The year of 2019. It is one of the 229 films I have seen this year, uh, seen from this, seen released this year, and one of the 1,117 films I've seen this year. So for the fourth year in a row, I have broken 1,000 films in a year, uh, and it feels pretty good. Um, it does. Uh, average film rating for 2019 films is now is down to 40.79. The average tomato meter is 62.1. It is the 26th animated film, 84th comedy, uh, 36th fantasy, and 30th horror film that I've seen from this year. It is a bad film, the 140th bad film, and lowers the ratio of good to bad films of this year to 0.36. Still vastly lower than 2018. Uh, but we are hopefully coming to the good prestige films, fingers crossed. Good holiday prestige stuff, hopefully. As a three on the Bechtel test, it is part of the 50.66% of films from this year with a three on the Bechtel test. As a PG film, it is the 30th film from the year with a rating of PG that I've seen, uh, but still makes it a distant fourth um, as far as MPA ratings go behind not rated PG-13 and R-rated films. Yep. Finally, ratings. Uh, this is a film rated 38 out of 100. It is the 86th film with a rating of 38 on my spreadsheet. Some of the others that have received this score include Detective Pikachu, The Commuter, Mortal Engines, uh, Happy Death Day, Ferdinand, Girls Trip, Nerve, Office Christmas Party, Almost Christmas, Ted 2, Rapture Palooza, Adult World, Bad Grandpa, Jack the Giant Slayer, The Family, Best Man Down, The Brass Teapot, Scream 4, The Eagle, Cowboys and Aliens, Flight of the Phoenix from 20, 2004, Little Nicky, The Beach, Suburbia, House Guest, Little Giants, Godzilla vs. Mothra, The Battle for Earth, Big Trouble in Little China, that's probably the most contentious one on the list uh, for many people, Excalibur, uh, we're going way back, Oklahoma, exclamation point from 1955, The Three Caballeros from 1944, and then all the way back to 1898 for Poursuit de Cambrioleur sur le Toit, uh, which I'm sure I butchered the pronunciation of, but uh, it is an 1898 film that also got a 38. That is it for The Adams Family from 2019 Animated Film Statistics. Thank you for listening. It means a lot. If you would like to find more episodes, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, places where podcasts can be found. You can also head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, for that, all the episodes, and much more. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film, on Letterboxd, Circle of Film, or send me an email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show, like, rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is, wherever you're at, uh, 
tell somebody about it, or really simply just listen. That matters the most, means the most, um, and I appreciate it greatly. And um, finally, if you are so inclined, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film. Uh, for as little as $1, or as little as 8 cents an episode, you can uh, get access to all episodes early, when they're released early, and many other things uh, as well. Thank you for listening, and as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.